Hey guys, how you doing? Good to have you back. Dave Riesinger here, and this is Redeem Church Online. We have a special time scheduled for you today, and I really hope you enjoy. Let me kick it off with a little intro. I was thinking about like what God wants most. You know, what does God really want? Uh, so many people uh, have the question. In fact, I'm sure everybody, sometime in your life, you're like, man, what's my purpose? Like, why am I here? And the more you discover a relationship with Jesus, the more you're gonna find what your purpose is because he created you and he has a plan for you and his plans are good. But when it gets down to that real question, like what does God want from me? We see that these religious leaders, they were asking Jesus, hey, what's the most important commandment in all of scripture? And Jesus says, hey, here's the most important one. In fact, he adds two of them. But in Mark 12, 30 and 31, he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And then he says, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. These two are the most important commandments and all the law and the prophet hang on these. So what is God after? God is after your love. He's after a relationship. He's after your faith and your worship. You know, worship isn't just singing. It's not just, uh, you know, singing three songs or four songs on a Sunday. Worship is like the posture of our mind, our heart, the way we process everything in life, uh, the way we make decisions, and that's what God's after. And here's the crazy thing. So if God is after your worship, and he's after your wholehearted love, body, soul, spirit, then Satan is after the same thing. You know that there is a real enemy out there, and the enemy wants what God wants. He wants your worship. Why? Because he wanted to be like God when he was Lucifer. And if he can't stop you, then he wants to distract the worship or divert the worship. Satan went to Judas and he tried to prevent him from really believing on the Christ. And you see that he has a few ways in which he tries to steal our worship. Number one is he'll offer you a price. You know, it could be, uh, it could be money. It could be material things. For Judas, it was 30 pieces of silver. In Matthew 4, Jesus is being tempted in the wilderness, and this is right before he starts his ministry. And Satan takes him up on this pinnacle, and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And what does he ask for? He says, hey, if you'll bow down and worship me, I will give you all these kingdoms and their glory. Of course, Jesus didn't do it, but you see what Satan was after. Why is he after our worship? And, and what else does he do to try and steal it from God or stop us from really expressing it. Another thing he does is it's not just a price or pleasure, but he tests our pain threshold. You know, if, if he can't buy you out of it, if he can't buy distractions or get us devoted to other things, if he can't get our mind and heart on other things, then sometimes, and of course, the Lord will allow it and through it, our, our faith can be perfected. But sometimes we'll face attacks and we'll face problems and pressure in life and the goal of the enemy there, we see it in Job. He said to God, if you just let me touch Job in this area of his life and to this level, he will not believe in you. He will deny you. Even Job's own wife came to him and said, hey man, you've been, you've been just suffering. Nothing's going right. Why don't you just curse God and die, Job? Not something I suggest that you wives say to your husbands or vice versa. But what we see is that Satan was after worship. So let me say this, and then we're gonna to go to an interview here. 
Um, when your finances are attacked, do you think that the enemy is really after that $1,000 you lost? He, he's not gonna do anything with that money. What is he after? He's after your faith. He wants to discourage you. He wants to steal your worship. You know, when you go through something physically or you have a breakdown in your relationship, you think that the enemy really cares that, you know, it's it, to him, do you think it's really about the, the fight or the argument or the breakdown? No, he's after your worship and your faith. He wants you to deny God, to curse God, or to stop believing and trusting in God. And so today I've got an amazing interview with one of my heroes of the faith, a friend of mine who goes to Redeem Church. Um, I've known him for some years now. And as we talk about faith in the fire, you're gonna hear a story, an incredible life story of a man who's been tested very deeply, but a man who has rich faith, even in the midst of deep suffering. And I want you to hear and be blessed today. So I wanna introduce my buddy, Justin Tate. All right, Justin, man, so good to have you here. I would shake your hand, but we're on this six feet quarantine thing, so I apologize, man. I got you guys. Oh, hold up. We got a little help, a little hand sanitizer. Thank you, sir. Hey, man, you're a lifesaver. All right, here we go. All right, good to have you here, man. Oh, thanks for having me. Hey, this is my buddy, Justin, and you're gonna hear a story of faith. And so I want you to stay tuned in. Um, this man has been an inspiration to me. Uh, this man has shown me another level of what it means to worship God in the fire. And so I want you to hear his story. But before we get into your story, uh, tell us a little bit about your family dynamics right now. Okay, so uh, I'm married. I have a wife and uh, I have a 14-year-old daughter, 12-year-old son. And recently God blessed us with two twin girls. And so My now I have, they're, they're what, seven months now? Yeah. But yeah, I was born and raised in... Uh, Tacoma, Washington, uh, lived here my whole life. Yeah. Uh, you know, went to school here, did all, all that here. So now interesting because, uh, we've known each other for a few years. Uh, you started coming to the church and, um, I got to know you and started growing in conversation and then, uh, you know, got to know your wife a little bit and the more you've been involved, it's been cool to just hear your story, but rewind when I go back to my Childhood. I grew up in Portland, Oregon, uh -huh. and I gave, gave my life to the Lord at uh, 17, almost 18 years old. And you had a group, like uh, a, a rap group, yeah. and you were one of the first rappers that I listened to because if you go back to the early 90s and mm -hmm. late 90s, there wasn't a whole lot out there. T no, talk about there, that. Yeah, yeah, there, there, there definitely wasn't. So um, uh, me and my brothers, we, we had a rap group. It was called ABG, still for Adopted by Grace. Yeah. And so uh, we, we were going around rapping, you know, talking about, about God and just everything that we had experienced when we were kids, to, you know, even uh, teenagers as well. And uh, we would go to boys' homes, juvenile detention centers, wherever we can go. We, we, we were going there rapping about God. I mean, yeah. Trying trying to reach people. Yeah. 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 No, it was, it was a blessing to me because... Uh, Man, coming from the world, they had everything. And there was like, when I first got saved, there was like one rapper. I won't even say his name, but uh, it just didn't compare. And yeah, yeah, uh, so it was yeah. nice to have people like you come along and throw me a bone, man. <laughs> man, to say, you know, you're really, you know, when you're listening to the secular music, there, there's so many options and stuff. And then when it came to Christian hip hop, man, it, it, it just, 
it was kind of sad back yeah. then. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, you, you had a couple guys who were really doing it, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm excited to have you here. Uh, I want to get into your story because this is amazing. Let's take 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 us back to the home you grew up in. Did you grow up? We're talking about faith today. Yeah. Did you grow up in a Christian home? What did that look like? Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> my uh, parents were actually pastors uh, when I uh, I want to say I was in fourth grade when they started the church. Yeah. And so you know I grew up being in church every day of the week, all the time, you know? And so it was pretty cool. It was a little different because they were so busy, but the neighborhood that we lived in was, you know, we still had the gangs and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, when we went to school, that's how it was, we're around the gangs and all the kind of stuff all the, all the time. So uh, it was a bit of a, of a, a struggle sometimes, but you know, that's just, kind of how it was back then really yeah. you know now growing up with the truth and you had those seeds planted in your life uh, did you uh, end up going down the the wrong path um, how were you able to navigate your faith in the midst of having a lot of opportunities uh, to, to go in a different direction so for me um, it was a bit of a struggle but I still held on mm -hmm. to uh, you know God um, um, at a school, you know, I mean, when I went to middle school, people weren't really even going to class. It, 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 it was about, you know, what set you from, how how, how things were, what was happening. It was just a, a lot different back then. But man, I, uh, you know, I just always had a hunger for them. Mm -hmm. So I uh, wanted to always do good. I was always surrounded by bad, but I always wanted to do good, you know what yeah. I mean? And so that's kind of where the struggle was. But uh uh, my parents they installed the faith in us pretty early. Yeah. So we, you know, were able to have that relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah. So when you when you turned uh, maybe 14, 15 years old, and you thought, hey, you know, when I think of my future, here's the trajectory of where I want to go or where I sense I'm going to go. What did that look like for you in your mid late teen years? Uh, I would say for for me personally in uh, my, my my mid to late teen years. Uh, that's when I first started playing basketball. Okay. And so, you know, my goal to make it was to make it to the NBA. Mm -hmm. I mean, which you, 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 you see a lot of people have that, that, that same dream, but it was like, if I can play basketball and be good, maybe I can go to college. Yeah. You know, my parents, they, they're at a church. We don't have a lot of members. They don't make a lot of money. We're, there's no way that we can afford college. So mm -hmm. if I want to make it, this is what I have to do. Yeah. So I kind of dove into that as much as I could. And you were pretty good. I mean, you got the height, you got the build for it. Uh, yeah. You stand, you, you must be what, seven two, cause I'm six foot four <laughs> and you tower over me a little bit. Now, how tall are you? Uh, I'm just average height, six nine. Six nine, yeah. okay. So yeah. I'm far below average <laughs> height. So uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I know a little bit about your basketball story. Talk about like I know you don't want to be braggadocious, mm -hmm. um, but you had some game. Yeah, and, yeah, I was uh, pretty good. Yeah, talk about where you went with basketball. Yeah, so I uh, um, uh, played for Foss uh, my freshman uh, sophomore year, and that was actually the first time I played organized basketball. Okay. So when I first started off, I didn't really like it. You know, they wanted me to play with my back to the basket. I was like, I always want to shoot fadeaway three pointers and dunk on people. That's it. You no, know? get inside. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But you know, I uh, hooked up with a pretty good coach. I uh, moved up north and uh, went to Sammamish High School, 
And so that was a, a you know, a, a big change for me. Mm -hmm. um, I learned the game. I was around people who, who just, you know, all they did was eat, sleep, and breathe basketball. Mm -hmm. And uh, they would train me, they would, you know, talk to him about it, help me out, give me wisdom on the, on the game. Uh, I ended up being nominated McDonald All-American my uh, senior year. And uh, so, you know, I did pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you uh, go down that path and then you start a family. Yes. You get married. Mm -hmm. And this is where the story really gets into the meat of what we want to talk about today. And that is, how does your faith handle the fire? Um, you, you got married and then talk about the symptoms that started in your body that you started to notice mm -hmm. and, uh, talk a little bit about the progression of where it went. Well, uh, it actually came all at once when it hit. I was, uh, in my mid twenties and I remember I woke up one morning and I just couldn't feel my left arm. Mm -hmm. It just was hanging there. It was the craziest thing. Went to the doctors. They're they're running tests. They're trying to see what, what what's happening. They they don't know, you know. Um, and that lasted for about three months. Um, that I was in a sling where my arm just hung there. Yeah. Um, it started to get uh, better after that time. I started to gain some feeling back. Uh, I never got full feeling back, but I was able to move it again. Mm -hmm. So you know that was a blessing. But for me, coming from you know playing basketball, being active. I mean, you know doing whatever I wanted to do physically. And then all of a sudden it just hit. It was like almost being dropped into a whole nother world. Wow. Yeah. How did you process it? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're talking to God mm -hmm. and uh, were you scared? Uh, uh, I was, uh, I was kind of, uh, what would the word be? I was um, lost a little bit. Okay. Uh, not spiritually, but like mm -hmm. just um, kind of mentally, like trying to understand where this came from. Yeah. You know, why, why can't the doctors give me any answers? Why can't they, you know, like tell me what's happening, you know? Yeah. So, so that was a little bit unsettling because I just didn't, you know, I didn't know yeah. there, there was no plan for treatment. There was no, oh, well, you know, you have this and this is kind of how it's going to go. You know, you take this, you take that. No, it was all experimental things that they're giving me, you know, because they don't know what's happening. Yeah. So, yeah. So at this stage of the game, we, we talked about this and, and maybe your perspective was different when it first started to hit your body, right? Mm -hmm. um, compared to how you process faith now mm -hmm. um but when when you first started to feel this uh and you're a believer in christ mm -hmm. we know that god's given us the miracle of modern medicine oh, that yeah. we have to be wise i mean here we're in the middle of this uh you know quarantine and we trust god but we also have to be wise so talk about like how did you balance Jesus and asking God for answers while you're trying to get answers from the doctor. Mm -hmm. um, where was your faith at in that moment? So in that moment, uh, physically, um, I had pain as well. Mm -hmm. uh, there was this just tremendous pain that was in my shoulder that would just shoot down. Mm -hmm. And it went about right here and then I couldn't even move this whole part right there. Mm -hmm. And so in that pain, I was constantly trying to uh, still 
be a husband, yeah, be a, a father, mm-hmm. you know, and then I was a minister of music as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, I played the um, uh, keyboard for church, yeah, and so I wasn't able to play. Uh, but it got to the point where I would go to church and I would just play with my right hand and you know try to do as much as I could, you know. Yeah. Uh, Faith wise, I believe that God's a healer, yeah, and so I was praying for him, you know, to heal me, yeah, you know, and um, uh, it, but as it just continued to go on, yeah, I never lost the faith that he wouldn't heal me, but something just kind of turned it in me to where it was like we shouldn't stop. You know what I'm saying? We, we should never stop believing, but we should never get to where all we're doing is believing. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So take us on the journey here because it, it got worse. Yeah. So I know it's a longer story, but uh, it progressed from that to what? So from that, it got a little better first. Okay. And then uh, 2009, it hit back again. Except for this time, it was my arm that I couldn't feel. The left side of my face swelled up. I couldn't see out of my uh, left eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that lasted for a, a little while. And then I was having trouble with my uh, left leg. Okay. And so, you know, I go back to the doctor then and I'm like, hey, it's worse. What is going on? You know what I mean? And uh, so they're, they're doing testing and stuff. At first, they thought I had MS. Okay. You know, which, you know, there's there's no cure for MS, but there's treatments that you can do. So I went and did the test and then the test came back saying that I did not have that. Mm-hmm. So here we are in this state uh, again, where it's like they're experimenting with these treatments, but they don't know what's causing it. They know what's happening, but they don't know why it's happening. Yeah. And when I heard the full story, I'm at your house and you actually showed me the pictures and uh, I don't think a lot of people would have the stomach when I saw what he actually went through. Get to that point because I I couldn't have believed it if I didn't see it. Yeah, so after all this happened, then um, I I get this knot on on, on, on my head. I go in there, uh, they say, okay, we're gonna do surgery, we're gonna remove it. They remove it, Uh, it's benign. So thank God for that. Yeah. And then after that, uh, what happened was when they had closed up the area, got infected. And then so I had to go back and get another surgery for them to remove that area. Mm-hmm. They closed that area up. After that, I had to go back for a third surgery, probably a year later, where it had just started to spread. Mm-hmm. And had to get that area removed, which was a bigger portion. Mm-hmm. Had to go back to get another surgery again. Yeah. This time it infected my whole head. And there were tracks and everything in there. You saw pictures, you know, it uh, wasn't a, a pretty thing. I was in a lot of pain. Uh, and it got to the point where it's like, we have to remove the whole scalp. So they took your whole scalp off? They took the entire scalp off. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, the, the pictures are pretty bad. But once they did that, they had to remove the scalp. Then they took my lat muscles from my back, both of them, rebuilt my scalp, took skin from my legs to cover it all. Okay, so just so people, in case you missed that, the, the entire scalp is taken off um, because it's infected. It's infected, the whole thing is. Mm-hmm. and they t- they literally take your lat muscles from your back mm-hmm. and shape a new scalp, mm-hmm. and then take skin from your legs to cover the muscles from on, uh, the lat muscles on your head. Yes, and and uh, so talk about that. Pro- I mean, that had to be so painful. Yeah. So um, 
I, I had that done. I was in the ICU for, uh, I believe, three or four days. Uh, then I had to stay in the hospital for about a couple of weeks, 14, 15 days mm -hmm. or so. Um, I had drains coming out of my back where they removed the, uh, you know, the, the, the muscles. Um, uh, I had to go in and keep getting dressings every week. I had to drive to Seattle. You know, I lived in Tacoma. I had to drive up there to, um, to get uh, treated every week. Uh, what happened is the skin um, died. Yeah. So I had to go back and get another surgery. They had to remove some more skin from, from my legs to cover that again. Uh, and that comes about to the time to where I first went to Redeem Church, and that's where I met, met you. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I, you're in this place, and you're, were, was the feeling in your leg gone or pretty well gone? You're dealing with uh, less muscles in your back, so you've got weakness, you've got numbness, you've got pain. Mm -hmm. You were talking about, last time I talked to you, forgive me if I'm uh, misunderstanding, but man, there's times that you just couldn't even lay your head down yeah. and, and sleep because it hurt so much. Yeah, so I had to sleep in a chair because I couldn't lay my head down because mm -hmm. it was that painful. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, I mean, definitely, I, there, there were so many things that were going on in, in my body, yeah. you know, that um, it was pretty rough and painful. And, and here's, and, and I don't want to focus so much on like the negative, but here, the reason that I, I wanted to set that up and paint that because again, we go through things and we can tend to complain or God, why? And you're in the midst of feeling this. You're a father, you're a husband. You can barely get around. It's hard to sleep. You've got a family to take care of. Um, your wife is having to pick up extra burden. Mm -hmm. um, where is God in all this? So for the person that says, man, like how can you still worship God? How can you still trust a God that would let you go through that? Yeah. So, I when when it happened, I I just turned to I turned to the Word, mm -hmm. and I probably read the Book of Job maybe ten times, yeah. just all the way through, and just I would keep going back, keep going back, keep, keep going back, reading it, and and so my whole outlook on it was, you know, yes, I'm going through, but God, there's something in this, yeah, you know, and uh, so I'm looking at. I'm not looking at it as as a, a the burden that I'm carrying. Oh, poor me! Oh, I'm, I'm I'm going through this. I was looking at it in a way to where it's like, okay, God, what are you saying through this? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because uh, there's because there's beauty in there. Yeah. You know, um, there's a ministry that's birthed through that. You know, there's there's so many things that came from the pain that I was going through. You know. Um, and so I don't look at it as a bad thing. I uh, look at it as, okay, God, this is just another opportunity for me to trust you. Yeah. You know, and so that's kind of where I uh, was. So when a lot of people will say, you know, my, my faith is there to trust God that things will get better. And we do. I mean, I'm mm -hmm. praying for you to be healed. Yeah. Um, I know that you, uh, you still got numbness in your leg. We're mm -hmm. believing for that. But uh, I've fallen into the trap. Like, I'm... I'm not happy until the thing gets fixed the way I want it. Yeah. Um, but talk about what faith really means to you. Well, well, faith to me, it's it's a pretty much everything. It really is because throughout this time, there were so many people that didn't understand mm -hmm. why I was uh, believing the way that I was believing, why I was acting the way that I was acting. Why are you smiling? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Nothing good's going on for you. You yeah. know what I mean? Why are you, you know, laughing? Why are you still worshiping? Why are you still singing, praising God? Look at you, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, and then even for the people in the church, it was more like, you know, uh, no, 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 you don't accept this. No, God is going to heal you. God's a healer. Yes, I believe he is a healer. Yeah. But we can't get so caught up in just the believing Come part on, of man. it. We have to look at the journey. We have to put the faith to it, but then we also have to put words to it as well. So God, here I am going through this, but I know that there's something in it. See, in in a Job, he said, you know what I mean? The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Mm-hmm. But may the name of the Lord still be praised. Yeah. Like God doesn't change just because you're going through something. Yeah. You know, for uh, a me, that's when I first understood what faith really was. Yeah. You know, because going through something, it takes you to the point to where you're like, oh, man, God is in, in the trouble parts. God is in the fire with you. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't just, you know, uh, oh, I'm having a, a good day and I'm feeling really great. And, you know, God's amazing and I have faith. No, no. Faith comes when you're faced with something. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about some of the beautiful things that have come out of this. And again, this isn't uh this is a man who believes in miracles. This is a man who believes in healing. Yes, I do. Um, but at the same time, we get so caught on the outcomes that, uh, you know, it reminds me of Daniel chapter three and here's Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and they won't bow down and they won't worship this 90 foot tall, nine foot wide golden statue that Nebuchadnezzar set up. And uh, when they're confronted and say, hey, when the music plays, mm-hmm. you guys better bow down and worship. And, and, and they said something that's so profound. They said, you know, we're, we're not going to mm-hmm. um, because our worship belongs to him. I'm paraphrasing here. Um, they said, our God will rescue us out of the fire, but even if he doesn't, we will not worship any other God. Yeah. And I thought that statement was interesting. Our God will do it, but even if he doesn't, it leaves room for maybe God to have a different plan in a different mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. but does it make him less good? No. Okay, so talk about that. Yeah, so, you know, um, it's amazing that you brought that up because uh, the way that I see it is that God will meet you in the middle. Mm-hmm. Either the middle of, of trouble or the middle of, you know, the good times, the bad times, it doesn't matter. You know, God is always there. Yeah. You know, um, uh, you, you hear about the, um, the footprints in the sand, you know, when you see two sets, you know, he's walking with you. When you only see one set, you know that, it's because he's carrying you, you know? And so, uh, uh, for me, I, I had to relearn how to really trust the right way. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, uh not just saying, okay, God, I'm believing that you're going to bring me through. And then, so now I'm waiting for that to happen. Yeah. No, no, no. Some, sometimes God will rescue before. Sometimes he'll rescue you in the midst. And sometimes you have to go through it Yeah. and then see him on the other side, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's so powerful. I, uh, I want to close by just letting you pray for those who are watching <clears throat> that maybe you're going through a tough time right now and you're so caught up on the other side of this thing that you're not enjoying the journey of faith. Yes. Faith is now. Faith is on demand. Faith means that in the midst of whatever I'm going through that I can experience Jesus. Sometimes I've, in my own life, I've experienced him more in the valleys full of tears yes. than on the mountaintop when everything has gone my way. There is a beauty that Jesus brings us when we invite him in to the pain instead of thinking that somehow I'll only experience him once I get through that valley. 
And so, uh, Justin, I just want you to just pray for us. Um, any last words to the person that's watching that is in the midst of it and needs that, that revelation or that assurance that they can experience joy now, even though the outcome hasn't come yet that they want? Yes, uh, I would like to just, you know, really let you know that um, I heard a preacher say one time, we're to uh, be entrusted, not entitled. That's good. So don't think that, you know, we're owed anything because when you have that, you know, when you have that mindset, then then you're then you're going to be stuck in this place where uh, you start blaming God for things because you feel like you deserve something else. Just be entrusted with, with, with what he's giving you. So in the pain, be entrusted with it. Say, God, I thank you for this journey that I'm uh, going through. And I ask that you would just lead me through it and then show me and grow me in it. Mm -hmm. Because so many things can come from that. Ministry yeah. comes from that. You yeah. know, growth comes from that. Love comes from that. Uh, revelation comes from that. You know, so I just want to encourage you to, to hold on and just keep believing. Yeah, and, and as you pray, uh, one thing that I notice about Justin, and this is true of anybody who walks with Christ and uh, invites the fourth man into the fire, as you read in Daniel chapter three. Um, but what I love about it is it said, and I see this in, in Justin, is that when they came out of the fire, they weren't burnt and they didn't smell like smoke, yeah. meaning they didn't carry the past or they didn't carry the scent or the attitude that most do when they go through something that they came out not reeking of the fire. Yeah. They came out clean and they came out as byproducts or manifestations of those who were with Jesus in the midst of it. So why don't you pray for us, man? Oh, and then we'll close our time. Definitely. Father God, we thank you for this time that we have to come together to share. And Lord God, I ask that right now that you would just go in and touch the listeners' hearts, God, Lord. Everybody that's going through something, God, uh, big or small, God, I ask that you just go in and touch their minds and touch their hearts and really bring them to the faith, God. Bring, in, bring them to the understanding, God, that you are in the midst of everything that they go through. God, you never leave us. You never forsake us. You're right there with us, God, and we just pray for strength and for love and for revelation to come from it, God, because we know that when we go through the fire, we're not being burned, but we're being refined and that we will come out as pure gold. So God, right now, I just thank you for it, God. Lord, we just praise you for it, God. We still believe in healing. And Lord, but God, in the midst of our troubles, God, we choose to serve you yes. and to love you. And God, let us have that perception from now on that no matter what's going on, you're still real, you're still sovereign, and that you're still on the throne. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you guys so much for uh, hanging out with us. Appreciate that, Justin. And um, share this with a friend. You know, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. One of the greatest gifts you can give somebody is the truth that'll set them free. So find somebody that needs help. Share this. Visit us at redeem.church. If you want more information, give us your info. If, we, uh, if you need anything, and we would love to follow up with you. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.